Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's go ahead and begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks this day that you have sent us your only Son, Jesus Christ, who has saved us, who has rescued us, and whose mighty word is stronger than any of the trials and stresses that we face in this life. We pray, O Lord, today that as we hear this account, uh, that your uh, word would strengthen our faith and that we would be encouraged to follow you and worship you faithfully all the days of our lives. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. I'm sure you've heard that phrase used before. I believe it was actually the title of a very popular Christian book uh, a number of years ago, and perhaps you've read that book. I'll be honest with you, I I haven't read that book. But I have heard that sentiment used a number of times based off of the Scripture passage we heard this morning, in which it's, it's taught to us that Peter is this great example of faith. Why? Because he got out of the boat, and he did bold and amazing things by getting out of the boat and walking on the water. Jesus said, come, and Peter trusted, and he obeyed, and he got out of that boat. And the result was, he walked on the water. Peter was just like Jesus. Peter listened to Jesus and became like Jesus as one who walked on the water. Now that is faith. That is the example of what our faith should look like. So the question is, how strong is your faith? Are you going to get out of the boat? Are you going to do something bold and exciting? Are you going to be like the other disciples, cowering inside of the boat for fear that you may have just seen a ghost? No, no, Peter, Peter, that is our man, that is our example of faith. All right, so I'm lampooning a little bit here this morning, and that's kind of not exactly what's going on in the text. Though to be fair to Peter, uh, Peter did get out of the boat. He did listen to the word of Jesus, and he in fact did walk on water. But upon a closer examination of our reading of this text today, I think we can say that Peter is hardly an example of what our faith should be like. Though I do think it's right to say Peter is an example of what our faith does look like. Really, this text is not about Peter's faith, but as we get into it this morning, what we're going to find is that it's not so much about Peter's faith, but it is about the gracious and saving, the gracious saving work of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what the whole scripture is about? The saving work of Jesus? And I think that's what we're going to find this morning. So so what I want to do is just walk through the passage today. Let's just walk through the text and see what Peter is up to, or maybe better said, what Peter is down to, uh, and what Jesus is doing for Peter and for us in this text. The account begins this way. Jesus is exhausted. Uh, He has just learned that his friend, his cousin, his cohort in ministry, John the Baptist, has died a brutal death, and he was trying to get off by himself uh, to be alone, only to find he was surrounded by thousands of hungry people whom he decided to feed with five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, after the meal ended, Peter, uh, excuse me, Jesus is still very exhausted here, and he really wants to be by himself. So what he does is, is he gets his disciples together, and he shuffles them off into a boat and says, listen, go to the other side of the sea, and I'll, I'll meet you there tomorrow. And he kind of sneaks away from the crowds, and he goes up by himself to pray. He goes to be in the presence of the Lord. And that's really something we all need to do right now, isn't it? 
be in the presence of the Lord. Fix our eyes on the Word of God. Hear what He has to say to us and focus in on His will to be in prayer. In the midst of all the chaos and uncertainty we're facing in the world, it's this time of prayer, this time in worship together even, hearing the Word that is so crucial for us, so crucial for you today to be hearing the Word as you join us in this online service. So this is what Jesus does. He gets off by himself to be in prayer and to focus on the Word of God. But as he does this, the disciples, well, they're in the boat. And things aren't so calming and soothing for the disciples in the boat. No, they're facing a terrible storm around them. In fact, as you read the text, it almost makes it sound like uh, this storm is attacking them on purpose. Like the winds are against them and the torrent is fighting against them and they are being attacked in the midst of these elements and it's a terrifying thing. But it only gets worse. Because as all the, the winds and the storms are raging around them, suddenly something very terrifying happens. Jesus shows up. Only they don't realize it's Jesus. They just see someone walking on the water, which is not something you usually see at the night unless it's a ghost. And so they believe it's a ghost. And they're utterly terrified. And, and the text tells us they cried out in fear. It is a ghost. But now notice what happened. Jesus, who comes into the midst, even in sort of a terrifying way, comes into the midst of this terrifying scene, does something for them. Jesus has this, this way of quelling the fears of, of those he loves. He speaks. He speaks his word to them. You know that hymn, don't you? How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. You, you remember that hymn? It, it's a wonderful hymn, and, and I love the opening verse. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds to a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows heals his wounds, and drives away his fears. Jesus shows up in the midst of this chaos and this fear, and he drives the fear away. And Jesus speaks, and his voice hovers over the waters, and as the storms rage, this word is louder and stronger than any tempest they find around them. The elements attack, and there's this uncertainty about God that creates fear that they are experiencing. And then Jesus' word shows up. Jesus speaks. And calms their fears and gives them confidence. He says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. It's almost like Jesus is kind of messing with them, you know? Like he's letting them get into this scary situation, and then he pulls the mask off and says, Hey guys, don't worry. It's it's me. I'm taking care of things. Everything is under control. Fear not, he says, I am with you. Isn't that exactly what we need to hear right now? Isn't this is exactly what the Lord Jesus needs to say to us right now? And I'm telling you, it is. This is what Jesus would say to you and to me this morning in the midst of this crazy, torrential downpour of a world. The COVID storms rage. There's political strife all around us. We are all dealing with family struggles and strains. All of us have diseases either in our own lives or in the lives of those we love that we're trying to handle. We have uncertainty about what the school board is going to be doing for the next number of months. For those of us who have kids, we're living in a certain, in a constant state of uncertainty. And we wonder in the midst of all of this stuff that is going on, where is God? Why can't we see God? What is God doing in all of this? And then in the midst of the storms of our lives, He shows up even to you today in the word that you are hearing. And he says, fear, uh, fear not. Take heart. It is I. 
It is I, says Jesus, the Lord of the wind and the waves, by whose word all creation comes into existence, Jesus says. It is I who walk on the water and I who care for you and for your life more than you can possibly imagine. It is I says Jesus, I, the one who has shed my blood to die for you, who has conquered the grave for you and who has forgiven all of your sins. And you think that I'm going to let COVID or cancer or uncertainty or fear dictate your light? No. No. Fear not, says Jesus. It's me, your Savior and your God. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you, no matter how bad the storms rage outside. You are mine, and I will never let you go. And that is exactly what you need to hear. It's all we need to hear. It's all Jesus needs to say. And you and I know it. His word is enough. But not for Peter. Peter, no, he needs something more than what Jesus has to say. The word isn't enough for Peter. Peter needs proof. And so in a not-so-faithful follow-up to Jesus' comforting little sermon here, Peter responds not by saying, Amen, Jesus. He doesn't say, "Uh uh-huh, Lord have mercy. This is great stuff. No, this is what Peter says. Peter says, prove it. Lord, if, not always a great thing to say to the Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. Now, Peter's response here, to be fair to Peter, it's understandable. Like, I get it. I know why Peter said it. It's understandable, but that doesn't mean it's faithful. Faith doesn't say to God, prove yourself if you want me to believe. Now, I'll confess to you today that I'm with Peter here I get it like when things are going terrible around me when when there's when there's anxiety and fear and I'm always wondering what is God up to in all of this I want some proof I want some evidence that he's there but as I confess to you that I'm with Peter in this I gotta make you understand and I hope you understand that this is a confession not of faith but of sin because to speak like Peter spoke to the Lord here is to doubt the word that God has spoken and and we have to be honest you guys you are with me in this I imagine a lot of you who are watching this who have been stuck at home and you're really questioning God and you're really wondering God, uh, what God is up to and you're wondering if his word is enough. And some of that anxiety drives us to prayer, but also some of that anxiety drives us to doubt and even unbelief. It drives us to take our eyes off of Jesus. So that's what we need to do this morning as we go through this account. We need to put our eyes back onto Jesus, to take our eyes off of the storms and even off of ourselves and off of Peter and put them back on Jesus. And where do we find Jesus in the midst of Peter's doubts and questioning? Well, Jesus, as it turns out, hasn't moved. He remains where he's been the whole time, standing on the waters and speaking confidence into fearful and faithless hearts. So Jesus says to fearful and faithless Peter, All right, come. You want proof? Come to me on the water. And now it would seem that Peter has faith. Why? Because Jesus gave it to him. He gave him the word, and Peter now gets out of the boat and goes to Jesus, not because he's so brave and so confident and so faithful, but because Jesus has captured his attention. He goes not because of his powerful faith, but really in spite of his doubt. 
The command to go forth that comes from the mouth of Christ does more to get Peter out of the boat than Peter could ever do for himself. In fact, it's that word that gives Peter this miraculous opportunity to actually walk on the water. And when Peter, heads, uh, when Peter excuse me, heeds the word and looks to Jesus, exactly what he does. He walks on the water. And his eyes are fixed on Christ, not because of the power of his faith, but because Jesus has captured his attention. Jesus has captivated him. Jesus has taken the faith of Peter and placed it upon himself. It's the same thing he's done for you. It's the very thing he's done for you in your baptism or when you hear the word, Jesus is taking your faith and placing it upon himself and calling you to come. And so Peter does this. He gets out of the boat and he starts walking to Jesus and then it dawns on Peter that, hey, I'm walking on water and that's not a thing fishermen tend to do. It's not a thing that anybody tends to do. And he looks away from Jesus and what does he see? The text tells us the wind and he starts to sink. His faith is set until he shuts out Jesus and looks to that which brings fear. It struck me as I was working through it this this. Uh, text this week uh, that this sunday is confirmation sunday and there's there's a picture here of peter that i think is very important for our confirmation students and all of us uh, to really understand because you see the con uh, the confirmation students are, are doing something somewhat similar to peter the lord jesus for our confirmation students stood above them in the waters of baptism and he called them his own and he beckoned them to come to him and follow him and now the confirmation students are going to stand up and sort of in a sense get out of the boat if you will and say we are following you this is our lord this is our god they trust jesus they're following jesus they're confessing their faith in jesus and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be beautiful and we're going to celebrate and then they're going to enter back into the world of fear and darkness of wind and storms, of sin and uncertainty. And every wind is going to blow and howl in an effort to take their attention away from Christ. And if the Word of God is not kept in their ears and the crucified Jesus is not constantly placed before them and uh, before their eyes, their faith will drown. They will falter. And so this is why this Confirmation Sunday is not just sort of a graduation, that's a, like the worst way to think of confirmation, but rather it's a reminder for us that these are our brothers and sisters who need our support, who need us to encourage them to be worshiping with us, who need to be putting the words in their ears, even as they are confessing that they will continue to put the words into our ears. Because there's so many things in this world that seek to take our faith away from us so that we would drown our unbelief. And you know this to be true for yourselves, don't you? You know this. That when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, and you're hearing his word, and you're reading the scriptures, and you're constantly in the presence of his word, you know that he's taking care of you. You know that things are being handled by this almighty and gracious God. But when you take your eyes off of the cross, and you forget your baptism, you begin to fix your eyes on other things, you know? Like you stop thinking of your baptism, you stop thinking of Jesus, and you start watching the news in the evening. And what happens? Fear conquers your faith. And it's not hard, because as much as we like to boast about our faith, let's be honest, our faith is very weak. And it fluctuates all the time. I mean, we look to Christ, and then we look away. We, we trust the Word, and then we doubt the promises. Our faith is up, and our faith is down. 
Many of you have heard me quote the great uh, song by the old Christian artist, uh, the old contemporary Christian band, Cademan's Call. Uh, the, the, the name of the song is Sinking Sand. And the chorus goes like this. My faith is like sinking sand. It's changed by every wave. And we get that. My faith is like sinking sand. So I stand on grace. Oh, grace. Jesus. Now this is something else entirely. And this is the main point of the story today. Not Peter's faith or faithlessness. Not you and I shifting our eyes. Not even the wind and the waves. No, the point is grace. It is the gracious work of God in the person of Jesus Christ. It is the God who puts on flesh so that he might stand on the water and pull Peter out. It's the God who shows up to us in word and sacrament to strengthen us and sustain us in the storms and trials of this life. I mean, if you really want to follow Peter through this account, if you really want a faithful confession from Peter, you're not really going to get it until he's nearly dead in the water, drowning, and it's coming up to his ears, and he's now gasping for air, and the last breath he has, he cries out, Lord, save me. Ha, now we've got it. This is faith. Lord, save me. And Jesus, of course, of course, does because that's what jesus does he saves jesus the text says immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him oh you of little faith why did you doubt why did you doubt peter of course could have offered up any number of intelligible answers well jesus uh, i don't know if you know this but we don't usually walk on water around here and so i wasn't really sure what was happening uh, Jesus, I didn't see you stopping the storm while I was standing on the water, and so I started doubting. And you know, you could have the same conversation with Jesus, couldn't you? Uh, Jesus says to you, why did you doubt? And you could simply say, well, I didn't see you stopping COVID. I didn't see you putting an end to all the horrors in the world. I didn't see you giving us any political candidates that eased our consciences. I didn't see you doing anything in these difficult situations I'm facing right now. And Jesus says, you're right. You didn't see me because you weren't looking. You took your eyes and moved them. Let me tell you something, says the Lord. You took your eyes off of me, but I will not take my eyes off of you. They were fixed on you, and they still are. My eyes were fixed on you when I stood in the waters of the baptism you went through and made you my own. My eyes were fixed on you, said Jesus, when I was dying on the cross for your sins, bleeding and suffering and crying out, Father, forgive them. My eyes were fixed on you when I walked out of the grave and I conquered death for your sake. And my eyes are fixed on you graciously, says Jesus, when your faith is up and down and when you doubt and when you trust. My eyes are fixed on you even now as I tell you that I have purchased you with my blood, forgiven your sins, and redeemed you. Why did you doubt, says Jesus? Because I haven't moved. My eyes are graciously fixed on you. That is what the Lord says to you today. And now with Peter, he brings you back into the boat. He pulls you out of the water and brings you into the church, into the church with the rest of us faithful doubters with the same saving promises. And we gather together and we confess in song and voice that this one who has saved us truly is the Son of God, our Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the mercy that you have shown to us.
that even in the midst of our doubts and our struggles, You do not, Lord, leave us or forsake us. You are always there to immediately pull us out of the water and put our eyes uh, back on You. We thank You, Jesus, that Your eyes are fixed on us and that You will save us and never leave us and never forsake us. It's in Your name we pray, O Lord.